from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Sunday, December 9th, 2007, day 34 of the Rider's Strike. Today, the blog The Elliest reported, quote, about 500 support and production workers marched down Hollywood Boulevard to urge an end to the strike that has paralyzed the movie and television industry, unquote. It was put on by the Strike-A-Deal organization that describes itself as a, quote, spontaneous grassroots outgrowth of the concern and desire of below-the-line industry professionals and vendors whose jobs, livelihoods, and futures hang in the balance. If you want to read that post from the alias, click on our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com to get the link. Okay, now I had every intention of attending this rally, not only in the interest of fair and balanced coverage and the fact that I wanted to give voice to those attending the rally, but I also am one of those whose livelihood is deeply affected by the right of strike and it frickin' sucks. Unfortunately, I was too cracked out from the night before from rocking it at my little holiday bazaar sale to be at a rally at freaking 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I'm just saying. Anyway, in today's episode, we'll hear more speeches from the It's All Written informational picket and rally to gain industry standards for riders at Fremantle Media. It took place last Friday, December 7th, 2007 in Burbank. Featured in this recording are speeches by WGA President Patrick Verone, Academy Award-winning screenwriter, producer, and film director, Paul Haggis, associate producer of America's Next Top Model, Kai Bo, and senior producer of Temptation, Aaron Solomon. Okay, let's hit it. John Bowman are not here. They are at the negotiating table. Well, they're at a table where negotiating is supposed to take place. I want to be optimistic, and I am, but I just want to share with you uh, a comment from one of the uh, AMPTP negotiators yesterday. Yesterday he said, the DVD formula is great. You should want to apply it to downloads. You should, he said, you should embrace it with open arms. Not only is that an insulting thing to say, but it's, it's physically impossible to embrace something with open arms. So David and John... You can't do it. So David and John are at the table, and I will join them as soon as this rally ends. And I wanted to pass on that I'm, we're hearing the same rumors that, uh, that you're hearing that that some of the CEOs want to break off talks um, because the strike is actually helping their bottom line or it's lowering the stock price of their competitors or this way they don't have to give that Christmas ham to that uh, Bob Cratchit guy and his little kid. <laughs> but here is my pledge to you today. We, the Writers Guild, will never be the ones to break off talks. We will stay... We will stay at that table day and night for as long as it takes 
to get a good deal. Now, on to today's business. Every day we read in, in Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, the LA and New York Times, and even some reputable publica publications like, uh, like Nikki Fink's blog. They're all reporting that the, the struggle, that the strike is about the internet and about new media. And it is, but that's not all it's about. Not, not by a long shot. Let me, let me read you, let me read to you from the, uh, the Writers Guild West Constitution. <clears throat> this is what I do for my kids at night as well, so. <laughs> this is the, this is the mission statement of the Writers Guild of America West. The object of this guild is to promote and protect the professional and artistic interests of all creators and adapters of literary material in the fields of radio, television, informational programming, video discs, and theatrical motion pictures, and other related industries, as such fields or industries are presently constituted, or as they may be reconstituted by any means of production, exhibition, or distribution as yet unknown. Now in there, it doesn't say, except for reality TV. And it doesn't say, except for game shows. And it doesn't say nonfiction, animation, low-budget cable shows, not so much. It doesn't say that. And there's a very practical reason why it doesn't say that, why all of television and all of feature films are included in our ob uh, objective. Because if they aren't, and our employers find that they can make those programs and those movies, without guild wages and guild benefits, then they will. And all of our prices will go down. And there'll be an army of non-guild workers that will develop, and our leverage at the bargaining table will atrophy. 20 years ago, the WGA covered 95% of the television and film landscape. There was us, and there was Roger Corman. Now, it's only about 60%. So for very selfish reasons alone, we must protect the interests of the whole by protecting the interests of the individuals. And on behalf of the membership of the record, please feel free to applaud that. And I wanna bring out our first speaker, a gentleman with an Oscar, a couple of Oscars, I'm not sure, I've lost count. Writer-director of Crash, Mr. Paul Haggis. Uh, I, I just, just want to say how, how really, really proud I am to stand with you uh, here and on the picket line when we're out there. It just, I, I think I've probably lost count too, I think this is my fourth strike. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think this is when we're gonna win. I, I'm also really proud to stand with the writers of reality television. I mean, you know, reality television. Well, you know, it's a misnomer, of course. These shows are created like any other show, uh, and those of us who have done uh, television and movies uh, know that television writers are, are the hardest working people in television. There is no better or harder work than there is in doing television. I think Gary Marshall's here, and he'll probably uh, speak to that uh, too. He's like, you know, it's uh, that, that's that's hard work. That's, that's that's creative work, and it's not typing, it's not dictation, it's writing. 
And so uh, we're, we're very proud to have you in the guild and, and very proud to stand with you. Anyway, I just want to say thanks, guys, for being here. Really appreciate it. Now, you've probably seen the stories. Um, uh, perhaps some of them were even planted stories um, that we that we dropped reality as an issue in this negotiation. It was an interesting strategy on the part of the other side uh, to do that. Um, the idea was you tell everybody that the writers dropped it so that when we bring it up and insist on talking about it, you can say, oh, we, we thought you dropped that, so you're not serious about it. Well, let me, let me say officially that it was on the table when we started these negotiations, it was on the table when we began the strike, it is on the table now, and it will be in our next contract. And let me, let me describe the big scary reality proposal that we have on the table. It goes something like this, if the reality program is a documentary, cover it, because we cover documentaries. If it's a competition show, cover it because we cover quiz and game shows. If it's a talent show, cover it because we cover comedy variety shows. That covers everything and that is how you cover it. I want to introduce a speaker who is very familiar with the reality show world and its working conditions. Uh, she started working as a PA at the age of 16 and then went on to earn her law degree before coming back to our community to be a writer. Um, in July of 2006, she was one of the America's Next Top Model writers who walked out... ...who walked out to secure a guild contract, was ultimately fired for demanding outrageous perks like health insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, Kai Bo. Hello everyone. Um, first, on behalf of thousands of reality writers and producers, I want to thank you, um, our union writers, for walking away from your jobs, for striking. We applaud you. by you and we stand behind you so thank you very very much for being here and for having this day thanks for having this day where you recognize reality writers um, I grew up in a hippie Bay Area family where we weren't allowed to watch the idiot box uh -oh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right, we're back. Um, so it's no surprise that my entire adult life has been dedicated to television. I've been in casting, writing, and producing reality television for four years now, and I've watched it grow from a niche, experimental format to the most powerful genre in television. After a long day's work, I love to see uh, Tim Gunn criticize a horrible outfit, and I actually cry when I watch most Amazing Race finales. 
And apparently the world feels the same because last year when I went out for my first sitcom uh, season, most of the executives wanted to gossip with me about Top Model instead of talk about their own shows. So I'm not here to slam reality television. Both on screen and behind the scenes, reality is the most diverse segment of television. Nowhere else are people of color, women, and young artists in positions of power as writers, producers, and directors enjoying virtual creative autonomy. And reality is the only place in our industry I know that within two years someone can move from being a tape logger to running the story department and in another two years be EP of their own show. As the reality genre has grown, the lines between reality and scripted have gone from blurred to non-existent. Many reality shows are now hybrids with more than half of their scripts written before they are shot. And many shows and specials now deemed reality are identical to union pro uh, protected documentaries. I'm thrilled that thousands of us are able to use our talents to create amazing shows, but I'm more concerned than ever that we are still working under exploitative and illegal conditions. Some of my fellow reality writers and producers have become wary of the Writers Guild, and many have been influenced by the press who always seem to find and interview the one pessimistic or depressed top model writer they can find. And I'm happy to say that all of us landed jobs within the year. One of us sold a show to ABC Family and joined the Guild. Many of us landed agents and managers, and many of us make as much as $700 more a week than we did just last year. Like the rest of reality writers and producers, we are still part of an unjust system, helping the studios make over 100% profit while receiving no health benefits, no overtime, no residuals, and no pension plans. And now, after our fellow union writers have walked away from their jobs to secure better contracts for all of us, it's more apparent than ever that we are being used as de facto strike breakers against the very same writers, you all, who inspired us to join this business in the first place. I say this to my fellow writers in reality and my fellow producers. If you are a writer or a producer in reality, the Writers Guild is your union. It's that simple. for us on our behalf. They've been fighting for us for over four years. They need our continued input and our support. As artists, let us be inspired by the, the courageous and creative writers throughout the country who've walked off their sets, put their own careers in jeopardy for those of us who are fortunate enough to do the work we love every single day. Thank you so much. I'm going to talk about me for a minute because I have some experience myself in, in working on a successful television show 
that, <coughs> that isn't covered or wasn't covered by a WGA contract. Ten years ago, I was one of the, uh, the writers uh, on one of the four Fox animated shows uh, that, that at the time weren't covered by the Guild. Some, some of the guys are here, too. I, I see them peeking out in the back. Give, give a shout-out to the Futurama crew, by the way. And uh, Bender's Big Score out on DVD. There, I got the plug-in. We, uh, we filled four, two hours of the primetime lineup at Fox in those, uh, in those quality, quality days of Fox non-Guild Entertainment. Um, we were organized by the Guild. We signed recognition cards. And I'm told that uh, when a certain Fox executive was, was informed that the Simpsons writers want health insurance, uh, his answer was immediate. He said, give it to them. Um, Flash forward, uh, yeah, let's hear it for The Simpsons. Flash forward nine years to that uh, same executive now, when told that the writers of reality and game shows that fill about five hours and counting of Fox's schedule, that they want health insurance. Uh, his answer was, well, those shows really aren't written and we don't own them. Uh, go talk to the real producers and look at those shiny objects over there and, and stop asking or we'll break the talks off. So, uh, so our charge today, since there's no question in anyone's mind that this, these programs are written, our charge today is to, to find a company that, that is an actual producer of non-guild programming. Well, what do you know? Fremantle Media. See, it wasn't, there wasn't supposed to be a roof here, so I could do the... I could have done a double take without looking at canvas, but... I'm just... I'm following the, the script. Thanks for figuring it out. Here it is. Fremantle Media. A multinational company... Wow, was that spontaneous, really? Multinational company brings in billions of dollars will not pay health insurance, pension, residuals, or proper credits. You get a flat paycheck every week and that's it, regardless of how many hours you work. But don't take my word for it, we have among us someone who has actually worked for Fremantle, the head writer on uh, Temptation, who can tell us some of the war stories firsthand. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Solomon. Thank you. My name is Aaron Solomon. I'm a game show writer, and I'm a member of the Writers Guild of America. A few months ago, three other guild writers and I walked off Fremantle's game show, Temptation. We did this because Fremantle refused to negotiate Writers Guild contracts with us, even though Q&A game shows are specifically covered on page 424 of the guild's minimum basic agreement. Look it up. That's right. And like most of the Writers Guild members here today, we did not want to leave our show. But after I personally worked 14 to 18 hour days, including weekends, trying to cram 170 shows into 16 weeks, Fremantle's refusal to even return the Guild's phone calls felt like a slap in the face. And this has become an epidemic in TV production. Companies like Fremantle give their writers bogus titles like segment producer or 
editorial consultant, just so they can work us to death while avoiding paying industry standard benefits like health insurance, pension, and residuals. For example, yeah, that's right. For example, Fremantle doesn't list any writers in the credits for The Price is Right. Yet they must know they have writers because in 2007 they submitted three Price is Right staff members for Emmy consideration for writing. Okay, now some of you may be thinking, well, that's great, but what do game show writers write? Well, we write the game. In any given season, we are asked to write thousands and thousands of questions, all of which must be unique, carefully phrased, and absolutely accurate, just in case some contestant tries to sue the network over a million-dollar question. We also write host copy, we write prize descriptions, intros, outros, jokes, stunts, and anything else that the format requires. Now, it's a fun job, but it's a hard job, and it is definitely a writing job. Yeah. Now, Jeopardy knows this. They're a WGA show. Yeah. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire knows this. They're a WGA show. But deal or no deal isn't. Are you smarter than a fifth grader isn't. And not a single one of Fremantle's programs is a WGA show. So why won't these companies provide industry standard benefits? Because it's too expensive? Well, at the time we walked off temptation, the total cost of healthcare and pension contributions for the entire writing staff for the rest of the season would have come to only $5,000. Okay, you could win that much in a bad game of Plinko. All right? But look, I could stand here all afternoon and take pot shots at Fremantle, but we don't want that, and Fremantle definitely doesn't want that. We would much rather sit down and work out our differences so they can keep producing high-quality shows with the best possible content. Fremantle, if you can hear me behind this tarp, this is your chance to be the good guy. The next year we can all meet here again and celebrate you for doing the right thing and for treating your writers like writers. You have been listening to the Writer Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. 